Welcome to the Christine Spray Show, bringing you insights and stories from successful CEOs to help grow your business and increase your revenue. The Christine Spray Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Christine Spray. This is Christine Spray on the Christine Spray Show. Welcome. Today's guest is none other than Jorge Squire, who's Senior Vice President of GTM International. Jorge leads the strategic global sourcing for GTM International, as well as sits on the board for GTM Holdings. It's one of the largest chemical distribution companies in Latin America. Uh, It is the largest and one of the largest in the world. Jorge shares his entrepreneur story and start and how he emerged with GTM, how they took on private equity dollars, shares his goals and his vision and his inspiration for his people and his clients that helped him be successful. He will share his story in this podcast, how he went from zero to a billion dollars in the few years that it took to get there. He's a great leader. He's a great team player. And he's a great person. You'll definitely want to hear this show. Thank you. Joining me today is Jorge Squire. Thank you, Jorge, for being a guest on our show today. And thanks for being a client, too. How are you today? Great, Christine. Thank you for having me today. Awesome. I'm so glad to be with you. And I appreciate you sharing your time and expertise with us. Please start with sharing some of your background and how you grew up, where you're from, education, training. Give us an insight to that part of your life. Sure. Uh, I was born in Lima, Peru. Uh, I came to the United States twice. First, as an exchange student in 1974 with the AFS organization, American Full Service. And then three years later, I obtained a full scholarship uh, to Fulbright to study at the College of Charleston in South Carolina, where I obtained my bachelor's degree in in business administration and economics. Uh, And then after that, uh, I, I went to get an MBA uh, international business at another school, American Graduate School of International Management in Phoenix, was no, known as Thunderbird, uh, which is now part of the University of Arizona. And then after that, wow. I moved to Houston. Uh, yeah, so uh, I moved to Houston in 1981, uh, then to work for an European company doing petrochemical trading. And um, I worked for this company for two years. And in 1983, then I left to join another one, you know, for the next 10 years. So. Interesting. Congratulations on, on not only coming to the U.S. twice, but going to Thunderbird and your education before that. Um, it's, it's amazing and obviously explains why you're so successful and you're so smart. Tell us how you got into the business. You said your, your, your first job, you know, when you came to Houston, it was in, in international trading in the chemical business, but you also started your own business, Panachem, correct? Tell us about that. Yeah. Um... Uh, the company that I worked for for, the, for this uh, from 1983 to 1993 closed its doors, uh, and I found myself without a job. And I uh, had two small kids at the time, and uh, we were right on the process of we just put our slab in our new home. So it was kind of a dire situation. But uh, I had a choice, and uh, either I could leave and, and start all over again somewhere else, or um, you know turn it around. So I decided to start my own company. And then uh, which was Pan American Chemical Marketing, right? And and we we found some investors and and, and friends that helped me uh, start the business, and uh, we managed it for the for the next twenty years, right? So the company grew, 
the point where eventually, uh, two years later, I, uh, with one of my main uh, distribution partners, uh, we merged our companies and, and we became GTM. And then later we even actually brought private equity uh, in 2014. And the company now is one of the top um, chemical distributors in Latin America. Wow, amazing. So, uh, so GTM International, one of the largest in Latin America, Tell us what the company does, and who are your who are, who's your who are your clients? Who's your target market? Uh, yeah, well, we are a full line distributor distribution company. Uh, we have uh, eleven uh, offices in Latin America. Uh, we are in most countries, uh, from Mexico down Central America, West Coast South America, and Brazil. Uh, we are not in Argentina or Venezuela or Guyana, but pretty much we cover the whole continent uh, today. GTM is, uh, has manages industrial chemicals, uh, which we manage from Houston. They're all in bulk by ship. We manage also uh, specialty chemicals, performance chemicals, and we also have uh, customer solutions, which are blends. So we not only distribute, but we also work closely with our clients to create solutions for them with specific blends. And this could be in the, uh, in the paint industry as well as in the uh, inks industry, you know, in flexography. Interesting. So uh, I have to ask, does COVID help your business or hurt your business? Well, uh, like everybody else, you know, COVID was a difficult a challenge for everyone. But uh, uh, the way our business is, uh, um, we were actually, we did very well last year in, in, in 2020. Um, we had one of the best years ever for the company. And I think it had to do with the fact that uh, uh, in the industrial side, it is all about the logistics and the supply chain. We had a very strong supply chain with our partners in the U.S. And uh, having infrastructure like terminals in Latin America allows us to store material. And uh, so it was kind of a, at the beginning, I was really concerned because uh, at the beginning of the pandemic in March and April, um, we had a lot of inventory in our tanks, right? And uh, the economy slowed down. And then it turned out to be actually uh, uh, something that turned out to the good because uh, suppliers starting to reduce capacity. And we were in a position where we had enough inventory to service the market, which uh, bought us a lot of loyalty with clients. We were able to, to supply their, their, their needs, as well as we were able to give them flexibility in terms of the, uh, the credit currents that, that ensued, right? Wow. Amazing. So you had probably one of your best years yet then. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, out of uh, sometimes out of the challenges, you know, makes a makes everyone uh, step up to the next level, right? And uh, my team yeah. and everybody in the company did that. So it was really good. Right. Well, you, I think you're a great leader just from what I've known you and the time I've known you over the years. Um, you look for the opportunities, right? When when something doesn't work, go well and you guys have always continued to maximize opportunities when things weren't going exactly well, whether it was oil and gas prices or the you know, shipping channel or, or, or things like this and you know, people you know, supply and demand. Tell us some of your challenges when you started Panachem. Let's go back to when you started Panachem. You know, you had, grew that business for over 20 years uh, and, and grew it well. Tell us some of the biggest challenges and lessons learned in starting your own business then. I think uh, the biggest challenge was uh, uh, the managing the cash flow. Uh, selling products into Latin America, you know, 20, 20 30 years ago wasn't easy. Uh, even today, sometimes it's difficult to sell internationally because of the issue of credit. Uh, but, you know, in the nature of this business, most clients uh, require payment terms. 
So we are dealing with, uh, we have to wear several hats. One is a supplier, another one is banker. Um, and, and we, we had to figure out how to, um, uh, not having enough capital at the time, uh, we had to figure out how to monetize the, the receivables that we had into something that, uh, could help us with, uh, with obtaining credit lines. And what we did is, um, we, um, we got insurance. We started, uh, we used Exim Bank at one point, and then later we used some private insurance to be able to, uh, to use that insurance as collateral with the banks to get credit lines. And that allows us to, uh, to finance the operations. Um, that was a process. There were periods where we were really tight on cash, but overall we were able to be successful, right? And, and so that's how you um, started in Group Panikim. Do you still use some of those best practices today with GTM International now that you've um, you know, continued to, to grow and, and, and diversify and get bigger? Yeah, our company now, you know, uh, we are GTA now is uh, is is, is um, the majority of the company is owned by private equity. Uh, so we have uh, we have more resources today. It's a different situation. Although we have had moments where we had to to come up with we, we have ways uh, to to also extend our financing. We have used this tool as well uh, with GTM. Uh, it is an it's a good way to to finance receivables, you know, and, and get some cash, and mm-hmm. uh, that has been helpful for us. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and you had quite the ride from being a, a startup, an entrepreneur, right? Uh, entrepreneur, and, and then and then continuing to to work with merging with GTM and and partnering with them, I should say, and then merging with them, and then taking on private equity, and now you know, like you said, you're one of the largest, um, you know, in the world, and certainly the largest in, in Latin America for what you all do. Um, what are some of the goals you're still tr- you're still focused on with the business, and what are you trying to accomplish now? Uh, I, well, right now, um, um, probably at one point, you know, uh, as the core private equity business is the exit uh, company, uh, we're, lo- mm-hmm. we're looking forward to that moment eventually, and then uh, continue the growth of the company, right? The uh, um, the the, um, the the company serves a need. Uh, the, the Latin American market, um, especially the chemical market, is is very uh, fractured. There's uh, over twelve twelve billion dollars worth of business in Latin America. It's pretty large. And um, mm-hmm. there still is a lot of room for consolidation of businesses. So, as the company grows, we're probably going to uh, to, to acquire other businesses and, and make our company more um, uh, more resilient in the sense that um, we expand as well our specialty uh, platform. For example, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at getting into nutraceuticals, uh, pharma, um, uh, food products, and, and for those specific lines of business, are very highly specialized. Uh, it's very hard to 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 get the knowledge on your own in-house. So the best mm-hmm. way to uh, to expand on those areas is is, is um, working with other companies that have expertise, so you can grow. Wow! Well, and that's a huge market in itself, right? Chemical division yeah. on one hand, but pharma and pharmaceuticals, all those things. Um, good good luck with that. I know you guys continue to to, to accomplish your goals um, since I've met you. I think I've known you for about ten years. Um, um, it's give or take. It's been uh, it's been a long ride, but I never thought you guys could get busier. But you keep getting busier. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what you have accomplished. Uh, tell tell me tell us some of your hidden opportunities that you've discovered along the way of this path from an entrepreneur to the merge and to the you know taking on private equity. What are some of the hidden opportunities that you discovered as a business leader and owner? I mean, just looking at it from a philosophical standpoint, I think uh, I would say three things. Uh, first. There's always people willing to help you if you let them, right? I think wow. that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to realize that we do not have to know everything. 
right? Uh, I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, it's hard for us to let go, <laughs> but we need to bring people also are smarter than us. I think that is a part of the secret sauce here. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be uh, you always have an opportunity to change the outcome by being creative with a problem. You know, uh, and as you know, as a hobby, I like to paint and play music, so I have a creative streak. Uh, mm-hmm. And I found that uh, having that creativity as well ha- has helped me in finding solutions for problems, looking at them from different angles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that goes in, in hand with the third uh, uh, thing I think that I can mention would be the, the the way we look at things, right? Our perceptions tend to be biased, you know, based mm-hmm. on, on our experiences. So it's very important that we, we can step out of our perception and challenge challenge them, you know, by bringing other perspectives. I think those are very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You remind me of uh, Dan Sullivan, who uh, is a founder of Strategic Coach uh, for independent consultants or entrepreneurs, and a lot of fellow entrepreneurs as well. And what um, Dan says is, you know, we need to take, as leaders, uh, we need to take clarity breaks. Well, everybody really should, but particularly business owners and leaders that, you know, are so busy. And, and in that hamster wheel, and Dan says those clarity breaks that we have really help us come back and be more recharged and refocused and energized and innovative. And it sounds like through your oil painting and music and other things that you have hobbies and interests in that you've been able to do that. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Yes, I think uh, it is important that you, you 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 exercise both sides of the brain, right? Because uh, uh, problems come in all flavors and shapes and forms. And, uh, you know, to me, having this situation with COVID last year, for example, was uh, I felt like, I don't know, I, 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 I knew we had a problem, but I also felt like I was in charge of, of what we were going to do, our destiny, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think it helped having that perspective to keep my team uh, calm and focused on what we were doing and uh, finding solutions for the problems that we were facing. And uh, mm-hmm. with these creative things, with financing, um, you know, without getting into a lot of detail, for example, you know, solar inventory bought it back with longer payment terms, for example, what's one, one thing that we did which allowed us to give, get us oxygen, for example, right? So, mm-hmm. and things are not, those are not normal business practices. <laughs> but, uh, we 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 just uh, came up with all creative sorts of ways to uh, to tackle the problem. Right. Well, talk. Let, speaking of your team, uh, let's talk about your team for a second. I've had the opportunity to know you for a number of years, and um, and and meet several members of your team and work with your team members as well. And I find you an extraordinary leader, and your best practices and how you treat people and care about people. Tell us your philosophy on, on being a leader and being a manager, um, how you believe you've been successful to build a team. Obviously, you've built a great company, but you obviously have a great team that's been with you for a lo- long time as well. Tell us about your best practices on how, how you see yourself as a leader and what that role is and how it's important to you for the success of the team you have built. Yeah, um, well, <clears throat> leadership is, is, is hard. You know, it's about but you know, but but it's very rewarding. I think. I mean, uh, I see a big difference between managing and leading. Right? Managing is a day-to-day task-oriented uh, activities. Leading is is about inspiring. Right? I think uh, when we see people that follow us because they want to, not because they have to, um, that right there is a telltale that you're doing something right. Um, I hope I inspire my people. You know, I have a. Um, I, I, I am a hard boss sometimes. I, I, I want things done, right? But at the same time, I want them. I want my team to grow, right? I mean, um, mm-hmm. uh, we hear about servant leadership 
it is not an easy thing to do, but it's something that we should all strive for, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And I try to do that, right? As um, with all my 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 good and my bad, right? <laughs> I, I always try to do uh, good for my team, and uh, and I think it's, it's, that is important, right? And and you have to be you have to be honest as well, right? Because uh, people see through you. Right? You have to be honest, and and if you do that <clears throat> and give people a chance to to drive, I mean, you don't you're gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that has to be one of your proudest, your proudest accomplishments and achievements is uh, building the team you've built. But in, in addition to that, or if you want to uh, elaborate on that, um, what are some of your proudest achievements um, from the time you started, you know, Panachem to where you are today? Well, this, I have a lot of war stories, Christine. <laughs> we could be here <laughs> about, you know, specific about businesses. I have some creative, crazy things that have worked out. But uh, I think Going back to a little bit more recent, um, the thing that comes to mind is, is the COVID situation, which is something was, you know, for everybody was something that uh, extraordinary for everyone. Is the mm -hmm. fact that I was able to keep my team together uh, when the pandemic started. <clears throat> I sense um, some of my employees. Uh, I won't say panic, but but getting very very nervous about the situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I I hope I gave them a sense of calm and direction. You know, mm -hmm. by acting calm as well, um, being positive about outlook, I think that, um, helped them also calm themselves. And actually, we had a great year. So to me, that's one of the proudest achievements I have made, or I feel like I, I contributed to my team to to stay focused and to stay calm, right? And and weather the weather the storm that we have. Um, mm -hmm. Besides that, well, I have had so many more moments where I have been in situations where the company in Panacan, for example, when we started. There were moments where I thought we were going to lose a business, and that we were able to pull pull through, um, keeping our team together and 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 having a positive outlook. Right, uh, I think that is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Um, and obviously, your your values are, are you know come through who you are as a leader, and that's that's shown through as well with your team. So let me ask you another question. Um, Related to your senior vice president role of strategic global sourcing with GTM International, what does your ideal day look like? I mean, how do you spend your day and what, are, what is your focus? Because I know you've been a part of, you've been in charge of supply chain as well. Um, but what does your day look like? Give us an idea in the, in the life of, of Jorge Squire as strategic global sourcing as senior VP. Yeah, well, today uh, I am more focused in, in, in strategy than day to day. But okay. uh, in the global sourcing, I mean, in the distribution business, you have two components, right? You have the, su the, su the supply and you have the, mm -hmm. and, and the sale, right? You don't have both working in sync. Uh, you do not have a successful business. So uh, we have people on the ground in Latin America working on the sale side. I'm here working on the supply side with my team, right? So we have, mm -hmm. uh, I have, uh, uh, our, our business is, uh, our sourcing is the world. So I do have an office in, in Asia, in, in Shanghai, that manages our Asian sourcing. I have mm -hmm. people in, um, in, in here in Houston managing all the, the, the bulk products that we do out of the Houston area, uh, which is quite significant. We manage out of this office close to 40% of our industrial chemicals. And mm -hmm. um, I have people in, in South America as well. You know, I have a head of procurement in Brazil, uh, a lady that manages our Andina region in Peru, and uh, a gentleman that is managing Mexico and Central America out of Guatemala. So this is my direct reports. <clears throat> and I also participate... Uh, with the executive team on the strategy, right? And also in in in, um, in, in the direction that the company is taking, right? Uh, in becoming more, we're looking to become more strategic with suppliers. Um, 
that is important. So we have to be close to them. The same way we have to be closer to the markets, we have to be close to the suppliers. So I am focused on that. How are we going to do that? What is the strategy that we have to follow? And how do we get everybody aligned under the same direction? Mm, okay. That's a lot. That's a full plate for sure. So remind remind me how many employees how many how many direct reports do you have? You mentioned that there there are multiple locations across the globe, of course. But how many direct reports do you have, and how many total employees in GTM International? Yeah, today I'm managing uh, eleven. Uh, have eleven direct reports. I'm going to keep them at ten maximum. And under mm-hmm. them, in the, the whole team that I manage in procurement, we have sixty-eight people. Okay. And, um, and as a company, we are around, I think today we're probably close to 1,200 employees. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. It gets me goosebumps just thinking about the size and the number of people that you lead and all the different um, pieces that fit together to make it all work. Um, tell, tell, tell us, what, what do you do? How much of the business is run in-house? How much of it is outsourced? How do you look for strategic partnerships? Explain some of that and how that works within GTM and in your role. Yeah, well, since we have uh, we have um, private equity also as our partner, um, they have a lot of resources. They have helped us a lot in how we manage our business as well. And mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of the staff is all in-house, but we do hire, uh, from time to time, we have consultants also helping us on specific projects as the company mm-hmm. trying to become more efficient, right? For example, uh, the, the, the IT systems, uh, right now, you talk you hear about artificial intelligence and you know, that's something that is coming into into our business world it's reality around right so mm-hmm. how do we predict our for example our forecasting uh managing our inventories all these things that are are not sexy but they are very important to run your business right the, the back the back office right inventory management impacts your cash flow right uh, so you need to know what are you doing with products i mean do you have products sitting in your in your warehouse that you ordered a year ago and you're not moving in there how do you get visibility to that? So these things that we're getting support on is in, in these kind of processes, right? To to get mm-hmm. ourselves to become extremely efficient in our business. And that's well, what we're doing. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Now I was gonna say, I mean, all this that we're doing is to create a company, make it a supply chain. You know, it's a, we 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 imagine a chain with you know with with the uh, the connections um, that that the less of the uh, the pieces together, you know, it becomes more streamlined, the better your supply chain is, right? And that's something that I visualize with my team. How do we make our supply chain, because that's the value that we provide our suppliers, is that we are an efficient company bringing the products to market, right? So the, the, the leaner we can make it, the most efficient we can make it, the more competitive we make it also for our suppliers. Mm-hmm. And for our customers as well, right? Interesting. So, um so those are probably some of your differentiators, but don't let me put words in your mouth. What what are what do your customers? How do they and your suppliers? What do they think and believe your differentiators are? Why do they do business with you then? I think uh, that we, we we have this focus of being chemistry user centric, which means that mm-hmm. uh, we you know we want that we want to know the customers of our customers, you know, and that is a tall order because what does that mean? It means that we have to know not only that the guy that places the order, but we know to, we need to know all the people in, in their organization. You know, we need to speak to the to the lab technicians, to the people that are trying to develop products, how can we help them, um, and, and at all levels. And this is something that our company is focusing on now, that uh, we all have to learn how to uh, to get closer to our customers, customers as well, and support them. So 
we, we, we have to view our, the same way we look at our principals as our partners, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to manage products. We need to look at our clients also as our partners and how we help them get to their markets, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So obviously putting your customers first and understanding what their, their best needs are, but you guys go above and beyond um, for your customers, um, don't you? I mean, there's lots of different things that you do for them. Yes. I mean, and, and you know, they, for example, we have uh, we have 11 laboratories in Latin America. So, for example, application labs, uh, we have customers that need a specific solution. We have found, we have made uh, specific solutions, for example, in the in the inks business where we in flexography, um, equipment, is an example, you know, a lot of the equipment in Latin America comes from different uh, manufacturers, either European mm -hmm. or American or Asian. And each mm -hmm. machine, you know, is, um, they, has a different kind of uh, setting. So when they are, for example, they're cleaning the, the rollers when they're printing uh, boxes or printing paper or something, uh, the downtime of those rollers um, is money, right? Because they are not being able to print. So how mm -hmm. can we help them speed that process? You know, uh, what kind of products can we provide? And we have managed to make tailor-made solutions for these customers where for each specific customer, we create a formula. You know, and, uh, and we have gone to that level of detail to service our market. You know, mm -hmm. uh, another example is also with the paints industry. We, we don't we do not just sell the chemicals to make paint solvents. We actually make also paint thinners. And, mm. uh, yeah, you know, so we also make different kinds of paint thinners for different applications, you know, for lacquer, for, uh, for wood, and so on. And um, we support a, a lot of our clients in that, in that way. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that with us. I appreciate the details. So people that aren't familiar with GTM International get an idea of more, you know, what you guys do do. Obviously, you do a lot. Um, but that gives us some of the detail behind the scenes. I'm going to switch gears on you now a little bit. Um, I'm going to go back to you asking you some questions about your own leadership and your own growth. What do you do for professional development? How do you continue to be a great leader, you know, and things like that? How do you, what do you, besides the stuff that keeps you balanced but with your painting and other hobbies and interests, what do you do for professional development? Um, well, first thing I started to do was to meditate, Christine. That doesn't sound like professional development, but actually meditation has helped me uh, also with uh, perspective, right, mm -hmm. and introspection. I think it's very important that, that we have time to do that. I am a high D, you know, high type A personality, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I need to have <laughs> – that was good advice that I got from my, our CEO in the company. You know, and Jorge, you need to meditate. I agree. It has helped me. Um, so that's one way uh, internally, but at the same time, keeping up with the trends, right? I mean, uh, uh, we have to keep learning every day, right? The moment we stop learning, then uh, we become irrelevant, I think. And there's a strong comment, but I think it's true. You know, uh, we have to be current with everything. Um, I participate in a lot of uh, industry seminars and uh, um, conferences, as mm -hmm. well as uh, read books, right? Or try to keep up to, to the latest things that are happening. and. Um, um, and I think I, I, I keep myself flexible, right? I, I'm a, I, I think I'm a person that adapts. You know, we have had many changes in our company. Mm -hmm. uh, for, and I'm still here, you know, and trying to learn every, every day is new for me. Um, uh, and that is the key, you know, you have to have an open mind, you know. So I keep myself busy by, by, by reading, talking to people, participating in, uh, in, in industry shows, talking to suppliers, talking to customers. Uh, and that is very important. 
Right. And I, you and I met originally when I started working with you and your, your leadership team and, and as an executive coach, but you also have since joined CEO, uh, the CEO Vistage Group that I lead. And you have multiple, uh, you know, multiple people of uh, your, your leadership team and multiple Vistage Groups as well. Well, how has Vistage been a, 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 you know, resource for you when it comes to growing you, growing your people and being, a, you know, a, a the resource from a standpoint of leadership or growth or, you know, thinking outside the box? Yeah, I think it has been, uh, uh, when I started Panacam, I was kind of, uh, because my business was all focused overseas, uh, I did not have, a, 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 at that time, I did not have a, uh, like a, what you call it, a, like a advisory board, you know, to help me with ideas, you know, so it was kind of a little bit lonely. Okay. <laughs> so being able to talk to other CEOs, with other people that were running businesses, uh, gave me some perspective gave me some great ideas, some insights. Uh, and as my company grew, of course, I, I have, uh, you know, moved along with, uh, with different diff- different groups of people. And I have made great friends. And I think this is um, the fact that um, it, is, it is managed in a, in, in, in a circle of trust, right, where people can mm-hmm. be open about different things. It is a great, uh, great uh, venue for um, to be able to... Uh, to, to learn new things, right? To, to see how others, others are doing and at the same time to contribute, right? Because I don't think it's just to, to take, but also to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have enjoyed, I, I think, funny enough, I think I have enjoyed more giving than taking. <laughs> but, you know, I, I am there to, to, to provide some advice and, uh, and that, that, that is also very rewarding, Christine. I think uh, uh, we want to serve, you know, we want to we wanna help and by helping mm-hmm. others, we help ourselves, right? Mhm. Mhm. Well said. Well said. What do you wish you had known when you started out? When you ventured down this uh, path to become an entrepreneur and, and grow Panacam, and then obviously continue to to grow with you know, merging with DTM and uh, private equity, et cetera. What do you wish you had known as you started out, and other lessons you've learned along the way? I think uh, one thing that comes to mind, uh, Christine, would be that uh, there's always an opportunity to change the outcome of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes we we uh, we get paralyzed by fear or not knowing what's going to happen, and uh, mm-hmm. now we have to fight against that, right? So I think when I started out, um, I have to admit, you know, maybe the circumstances at the time, having two small kids, uh, uh, got caught in the middle of building a house and trying to, to find uh, to start the business. I was so, sort of a reluctant entrepreneur at the time, you know, mm-hmm. I was working company and then it closes doors and I found myself in a situation that I needed to do something. Maybe if, if I would have had to do it all again, maybe uh, how it would have been if I started by myself. But at the end of the day, you know, circumstances are different. Or even with partners, you can, it is your business, you run it, you, you develop it, uh, but don't be afraid of it, right? I mean, I think it's uh, life throws you so many different opportunities, you know, so we, we should not have fear. You know, there's always a uh, the sun sun comes out every morning, right? And that's how you have mm-hmm. to believe that things come up. You know, even uh, when you have tough situations or difficult situations, something is going to turn around and uh, and, and turn it for the better. You have to believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly do, and I, I agree with you 100% on that. You can always find a gift or opportunity, and you know, in adversities that we all go through, and that's just life. And and if you don't, then it's going to hold you back or you know, slow you down for sure. Um, let me ask you another question. If you could write a book, what would the book be about? Uh, I think would be, I would call it believe in yourself. 
you know, you can mm. do it. I mean, that would be a summing up things. Right. And would you share your background experiences and the attitude that you were talking about that you have to have, you know, to, to overcome adversities and always continue to learn? What are, you know, those things? Would you, what are other things you would share, too? Well, I, I think uh, another part, and, and that would take us uh, a while to, to talk about, is, um, you know, uh, the details as to how how I, I, I managed to come here to the U.S. is a long story, but um, I, I would have to sum it up in the sense that um, I kind of visualize what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and I focus on that, and um, I presented things that at the time probably didn't make any sense, but they worked, and uh, that's why it got me here. Right, so choices that we mm-hmm. make, right, at, at a moment. Simple as, for example, when I was uh, still in Peru, uh, reading about uh, the scholarship that was uh, for, to come to the U.S. to study, I uh, had another friend of mine at the university. I said, "Well, you know, I don't think that's not good for us. It's too expensive." And I went to the meeting anyway, and it was expensive. You know, the, at the time I didn't have the money to to pay for that, but I applied anyway. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, I was one in a, they told me I was one in a million chance that I would get a full scholarship at the time. I had to put a money contribution. I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I applied because I felt like uh, the reason of a scholarship is to give someone an opportunity, you know, and it's not about the money. And uh, that speech helped. I mean, actually, I got a full scholarship to come to the U.S. If I would mm-hmm. not have gone to the meeting and have that interview and, and did not deter by the fact that I did not have the, the down payment that they required at the time, uh, I would ha- I would not have been here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you not only had a plan, but you had a vision and a direction of what you wanted to accomplish, and you just continued to pursue, even though it looked like the door was going to be closed. Correct. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding um, part of your life so far, personally and professionally? What's the most rewarding part of your life so far? Uh, I think it's giving back. You know, I mean, inspiring people. Um, I think that is one of the most important things that I'm doing now, right? How can I inspire uh, uh, my teammates, you know? Um, do the same thing at home, you know, with, with, with my boys, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's difficult with family, but you also have to do it with them. It's the same thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and understanding that life is a discovery, you know? Until the, until, until the day we depart, we always learn, right? So we have to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so inspiring people personally and professionally, you certainly are, are an example of that. And you walk that talk. I can witness that given the time and the years that I've worked with you and, um, and working with your team. Is there anything else I should have asked or you'd like to share, um, to share with people to inspire others since that's something that you're so passionate about and what you've done so well? Is there anything else you'd like uh, to share? Well, maybe I can add about uh, what what other things also are rewarding for me would be, I think, uh, one of the most rewarding things as well is to make it happen, right? When you set your mind to do something and it, it happens, you see it happening in front of your eyes, you know? So mm-hmm. making an idea into reality and along the way, uh, you can also inspire other people to be their best. I think that is uh, that is very, very rewarding. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, on that note, I know we have to wrap up, but on that note, you have because of that, because you've been able to do that with your team, you have people that have been with you for many, many years, haven't you? You have long, your, your employees, your leadership team, you have people that have been with you for a long time. What's some of the tenure that they've been with, uh, the length of time they've been with you? Uh, well, I have people that have been with me for over 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I thought. 
Yeah, and I had had people that had left the company and they asked me to come back. Right, <laughs> was, right. You know, so I, I I hope I was able to inspire them and motivate them. Uh, and of course, it's not about me, you know, but uh, working together, trying to be not only, uh, I don't think, before we become bosses, we become mentors, right? Uh, we have to mentor our people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and because when you mentor them, they mentor you as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love your philosophy. You're amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely amazing, Jorge. Um, congratulations on your success thus far, personally and professionally, and um, and all the best in the future. I know you're going to continue to do great things, and good luck with the, the endeavor with the private equity and GTM International. I know you're going to do stuff even beyond that. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise and your experience with us. Uh, I know that everyone's going to enjoy hearing your story, and I look forward to following with you, up with you as well. Have a great day. Thank you for seeing you, too, and thank you for having me on the show today. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. You, too. Bye-bye. And there we have it, another great episode on the Christine Spray Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes at christinespray.com. And you can find out more about how we can be a resource to you at strategiccatalystinc.com. All the best in your continued success until the next time we talk.